0: I'm Dave Champion. One of the struggles I have when I put these video presentations together for you is how many facts, how much data, how many conclusions, how much material to cover, how long to make the video. So I'm going to try and keep this one short. The subject is that, of course, once again, the media is driving fear and panic by talking about increased cases and increased cases all around the country. We're all going to die. What is the actual scene as far as deaths are concerned? So Here's how I'm going to try and do this. Number one, I'm going to present you with some graphs that show data that's fairly representative of what's going on across the United States. Then, number two, I'm going to give you the exception. And number three, I'm going to tell you why the general rule is what it is at this time in the United States. This is a graph of the state of Arizona. This red line represents the cases as they are increasing in the state of Arizona. Of course, you can see that's happening after they initially hit herd immunity, and they're still in herd immunity. It's just that now a different susceptible group is being impacted because the weather's getting a little bit cooler. Not not all that bad in Arizona, but people are going indoors, and with changing behavioral patterns comes changing infection patterns. Now, let's switch and look at deaths. This is a graph showing the data of deaths from COVID-19 in Arizona. As you can see, there are two lines. There is a fairly fluorescent green line and a red line. The green line shows the general trend of COVID-19 deaths in the state of Arizona from late July until just a day or two ago. The red line, you notice here on the left side, that's the date that infections began to rise in the state of Arizona. That's why I didn't elongate that red line. This part right here is where cases began to increase. And, of course, you can see the red line, what happened as far as deaths from COVID-19 are concerned. This graph shows data concerning new infections in the state of Nevada. You can see right here about September 8th, Cases started increasing and they've comp- increased pretty significantly. You can see that in the red line. So, at the same time, they're increasing what's going on with COVID 19 deaths in the state of Nevada. So, yeah, <laughs> again, the green line shows the general trend in COVID 19 deaths in the state of Nevada and The red line, this left point right here, is where new infections started increasing. And you see what happens with deaths, right? They're they're plummeting even as new infections are increasing. All right, so we've looked at Arizona and Nevada, and they're fairly representative of what's going on in most of the states. Let's look at the United States overall. This graph shows the data for the United States in its entirety of new daily infections. And as you can see right here, September 7th, we see a pretty dramatic upturn. So what's going on with deaths in the United States? And again, you see the same trend. The green line is the general trend and the red line, as in the previous graphs, shows the left-hand part of the red line is the date date that the increase in new daily infections began in the United States, and this shows while the new daily infection rates were climbing, what was happening to the death rate? Yeah, it's dropping. All right, so that's part one, what's going on with the new daily infections versus the mortality rate or the death toll from COVID-19. Now I want to get into the second part, which is the exception. The exception are rural states that have not been impacted up until about six to eight weeks ago. What's happening with the rural states is as their new daily infections are rising, so is the death toll. However, and this is a really important part, a high death toll, a high death toll for most of these rural states in a given day is low double digits, you know, maybe... 12 or 20. I think the highest one I saw when I was looking today was 49. So the death rates are nothing like they are in the big states. For instance, at its peak, New York was experiencing over a thousand deaths a day. So these rural states, they are, it's, it's, I guess we can call a case of first impression. I'm borrowing that from the law. Those states didn't go into herd immunity. And now they're merely seeing a different, uh, group of susceptible people hit because behavioral patterns are changing. That's not what's going on. They weren't hit to begin with, and now they are being hit. So they're going through a part that the more populous states went through five months ago. On to point number three. Why are daily infection numbers climbing and death tolls dropping? Okay, so first of all, I want to say, and I know this irritates a lot of the covidiots, testing between September and now has gone up dramatically. If you take a look at the graph, which I forgot to prepare for this. If you take a look at the graph, the line is like this. This is what's going on with testing. Okay, so you're going to get a lot more positives. But is that the only thing that's going on here? No, we've talked about this before in another video that it's getting cold. People are going inside. And when you change behavioral patterns, you change the infection pattern. So here's how most contagions work and in particular, viruses that cause upper respiratory disease, which SARS-CoV-2 is one such virus, here's what happens. When the virus first hits a community, the people who are most susceptible, and susceptible is actual actually a word that the epidemiology community uses. So when I say susceptible, that's not just a word I'm choosing to use today. That is actually a a part of the equation when epidemiologists are looking at infectious diseases. Susceptibility, what part of the society is susceptible? So with that said, the people who are most susceptible are the people with the most compromised immune process. They get hit first and they get hit hardest. There's actually a, a, a scientific name for that principle and you can watch, there's a, there's a graph, it's called something like the Mossberg graph or something, it's been months since I've looked at it and I've forgotten the name. But what it shows is the people that get hit initially because they have seriously compromised immune process, which does not mean some sort of genetic condition like they're immune compromised. They may have very well done it to themselves through lifestyle and chronic disease they are most susceptible to it, and because their immune process is so compromised, it kills them first, okay? That's just the reality of it. So you see this spike of contagions and deaths, and then the deaths begin to fall off. Okay, and we've seen that in a lot of states. I've, ta- I've shown you time and time and time and time again in states and countries all over the world, the herd immunity pyramid, you've gotta have the red line to get to the blue line. When the virus first starts, you've got this group over here that has natural immunity. You've got this group over here which are susceptible. Over time, that inverts the number of people who are immune, whether it's naturally or they've gotten it and now they have antibodies. That pool grows and the susceptible pool closes. That's the whole principle behind herd immunity. Nevertheless, as that susceptible pool closes, it's still, there are people there are still susceptible. People who have natural herd immunity are not in the susceptible class. So what happens is you reach herd immunity concerning all the people that were susceptible, for instance, through the summer, right? We've seen that spike, right? You gotta have the red line to get to the blue line. Then the weather gets cooler, people go indoors, differing personal behavior changes the infection pattern, and now this, ever-shrinking group of susceptible people. Now, because behavioral patterns have shifted, they start to get hit. Now, they're not as susceptible as the people that got nailed, say, 10 months ago, right? But nevertheless, they're still part of the susceptible pool. So infections start increasing. Now, the really important thing, and this goes to the death issue, the people in this ever-dwindling susceptible pool, they're Susceptible for various reasons, but they are not, their immune process is nowhere near as compromised on the whole, nowhere near as compromised as the people who got hit at the outset, right? So they get infected, but the vast majority of them never develop the disease known as COVID 19. And if they do develop symptoms of COVID 19, they lose their taste or they get an upset nose or they feel like crap for two or three days. They don't go the extra distance. They don't end up with the breathing problems. They don't have to go to the hospital. And even if they go there, their immune system is still not as trashed as the people at the outset. So not as many of them die. It's it's just that equation. You start with 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 a small pool of people who are naturally immune, and then they, with... Through the herd immunity process, as more people get it and they become immune, that grows, and the pool of susceptible people over time shrinks. So these people here are, they're susceptible, but they're less susceptible. Did I describe that clearly?